Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. So good. Uh, it is 4th of July weekend. Amazing. You know, I came into the country. I grew up in Mexico until I was 16 years old. Came into the country and I fell in love with the culture, the values, the freedom. And I said, this is my country. And I am, uh, I'm so proud. Can we give it up for the United States of America? All that it represents. Amazing. And I want to take a moment to honor our pastors, Jurgen and Leanne, pastors Mike and Katie, for being incredible leaders, the environment they've created where we can grow, be discipled. Come on, go to new heights, new levels. Anybody ready to go to the next level this morning? Come on. God is always doing a new thing. God is always bringing us upward, going from faith to faith, glory to glory. If you're here this morning and you feel like life is not quite looking like that, you don't feel like you're going from faith to faith, and glory to glory. I'm going to cramp on my back. Sorry, I don't know what's going on. That's the first 19 years of ministry. First time I'm going to cramp on my back. <laughs> I think the devil is mad about what's about to happen. Come on, somebody. No, I kid you not. I've, I've never faced more adversity in my mind. Listen to this. Than when I was standing right there. Before coming on stage. Never. I thought, oh, the devil's mad for what's about to happen. The devil's mad what's about to happen. You know, I, I, we're going to talk about freedom this morning. I, I don't know if there's anything that makes the devil more mad than freedom. Imagine a people that love God and honor God that walk in freedom. Imagine the things that we could accomplish together. The things that we could do together. I'm so excited. So, well, the title of my message is The Making of a Warrior. The Making of a Warrior. And uh, if we can go to Exodus chapter 6, verses, verse 6, it says, Therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage. Everybody say bondage. I will rescue you from their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will rescue you from their bondage. I want you to hear the heart of God here. The heart of God is, not, is for us to live in freedom, not in bondage. I will rescue you from their bondage. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgment. As, as we go into the message, I want, I want to set the stage in, and I want us to understand the context of what that means. The children of Israel were in bondage for 400 years in slavery. 400 years. Have you ever tried to fast for a day? Like, you know what? I'm going to fast tomorrow. I'm going to seek the Lord. Man, I'm going to go after breakthrough. I'm not going to eat anything. And it's like 1 o'clock. You're like, oh my gosh. I'm hungry. I'm not going to drink coffee for a week. It's like two hours was my coffee. Have you ever experienced that before? 
Well, th- think of this. This is, this is slavery, not for a day or a week or a month or a year. 400 years. Think of what that can do to your brain. Oppression for 400 years that were passed on from generation to generation. Have you ever had trauma before? You know a trauma can mess with your brain, literally, physiologically, okay? Not like, oh, hocus pocus. Physiologically, if you do, they do a study of your brain under trauma, your brain looks differently. Happened to my wife. She's suffering from PTSD. But when, when they scanned her brain, when you've experienced trauma, your brain looks differently. It just happens. There's a dent in your brain. The trauma of slavery. Did you know that God created us to live free, to prosper, to dream, to believe, to have faith, to conquer? He said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. That is the the, the intent of God. That's the design. God put that on the inside of us. Now I want you to picture this. The first words to humankind. Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion. And I want you to see the Israelites, 400 years of slavery and oppression. Do do you see the paradox here? Do you see the contrast? Now, years and years and generation after generation passing this mentality and this way of living to the next generation... And the next generation, and the next generation, and the next generation. Think of what that does to the brain. How many of you here this morning, you're like, you know what? I was kind of messed up a little bit by my parents. You know, like, you know what? I I, I honor my, listen, we honor our parents. Honor, but, but, but we we go to a church that's fresh, real, and powerful. And, And if you live in denial your whole life, you'll never experience freedom. Okay, it's good to acknowledge and, and experience. And while we honor our parents, they tried their best. Some of us got a little messed up. And that's the right to acknowledge, okay? Think of, think of the, the, I just want you to picture, you know, the dad that, you know, so excited gets married. And I'm talking about the children of Israel. And they have a few kids and, and he's got to get up and, and go to work. And, and not to dream and not to, I'm going to buy a house someday. I'm going to give my life, my, my children the best life they could not. Just Go and, and to be whipped by the Egyptians in oppression, in oppression. And come back in the evening if they got to sleep. And the same thing again. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day, their whole life. Now, the kingdom of God is the spiritual kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. And the oppression and bondage we experience at times is spiritual. The, the devil's, the devil's uh, uh, mission is to rule over your life, to rule over my life. That's his assignment, is to be king of the earth. He's the, the Bible calls him the God of this earth and the age. And, 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 that's, and, and his, his assignment is to rule over our lives and to whisper, to send demonic uh, uh, assignments to you and demons to whisper and to bring you under oppression and bondage. Have you ever experienced deliverance before? We live in a spiritual kingdom. And there is, there is an oppression that tries to come against us. I grew up, my, my, you know, my parents tried their best, but my dad dealt with some morality issues. And, and uh, in fact, pornography was passed on to me at the age of four years old. 
four years, think of it, four years old, you know, this relative just shows me. And it messed, it messed me up a little bit. My childhood, friends, they said, come and watch this. My teenage years addicted to pornography until I was 19 years old. I, I've seen the, the, the tendency that I had. Have you ever heard of the term generational curses? Generational curses? Well, that, that's something that our type of church believes in. That, that, and it's actually scriptural. That things can be passed on to you. But there's the argument that, hey, when you're in Christ, you cannot be cursed. And I agree. We cannot be cursed under Christ. However, the Bible says that we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And the Bible talks about being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Let me give an example. The Bible teaches prosperity. How many of you know that? God wants us to be blessed and God wants us to prosper. If, I, if you get saved today and you're experiencing poverty, I can tell you the Bible, you know, the Bible says that God delights in the prosperity of his servants. Therefore, I call you prosperous in the name of Jesus. You're not going to wake up the next day and have, you know, a surplus of money in your bank account. You still have to get to work. You, have, you still have to be competent. You, you still have to look for opportunities. But what the Bible is saying is now under Christ, you're no longer subject. Oh, come on, somebody. I wish I was talking to some people that are ready to experience some freedom this morning. What the Bible is saying is under Christ and the freedom that is in Christ and the blessing, you're no longer subject to the curse. I can say, not today, devil. You had a plan on my life, but guess what? God is a better one. And I'm going to choose to believe what the Bible says. Freedom, faith, prosperity, a conquering spirit. Come on, somebody. Are you with me this morning? Even if I was experiencing the, 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 the oppression of the demonic lies of the enemy of, of poverty and all the things, I can come from under that and believe for prosperity and look for a job or launch a business and get trained and go to the, get the education and learn and seek mentorship and teach me how to do this. I've never launched a business. I never did either, but I began to learn and how do I do this? And a courage comes on the inside of you where you begin to do things that you never thought you could. Come on, somebody. You begin to step into some, some new levels that God is trying to bring you. It's the way of the kingdom. He brings you upwards. From faith to faith and from glory to glory. Are you with me this morning? We're just trying to set the stage for, for, for what God is trying to say this morning. God wants us to be free. But when you look at the story of the children of Israel, I want you to understand what happened to their brain. It was 400 years of slavery of these habits. In fact, watch this. You know that generational curses are now supported scientifically? It's called epigenetics. Epigenetics reveals your habits are passed on to your children and grandchildren. What's epigenetics? Glad you asked. Epigenetics is information that sits above, above the genome, which controls the programming of DNA, instructing different cells how to express themselves. Let me put it in a, uh, maybe not Dr. Mike's words, okay? Scientific words. There's something in our, in, our, in our physical body, okay, in our DNA that rests above, above the DNA, above the genome, that, that tells our genes how to express themselves. And that's passed on to us from our parents. It can be positive or negative. In fact, I want to show you a video that explains it a little, a little better. Can we roll that video? 
What science has now learned, and it's so fascinating, is that the choices we make in life will alter how our genes are expressed. This is big. People need to really pay, sit up and pay attention to this because science is now confirming scripture. In lectures that I do, I often ask the audience, which is more scientifically accurate, the Bible or Charles Darwin? Well, guess what? It's the Bible. Darwin hypothesized that it was mutation over millions of years that caused his finches to have different beaks. Science has actually now proved it's epigenetic modification. Epigenetic, the, the instructions sitting above the genome, telling the genes how to express themselves, which are changed based on experience. What we go through in life, the foods that we eat, the choices we make, uh, the environment in which we live will actually alter the genes in, in telling which genes to turn on and which genes to turn off. What we know about genetics and addiction is that behaviors, sensations, input into the brain will use the DNA to change how the cell responds. And basically what happens is that genes are turned off or turned on based on what that response is. While the DNA doesn't change, the expression does. So the ability to be aware of environment, ability to respond may be genetically coded, but when we begin changing it, the term we use is epigenetically. When we change how that's expressed, we change the enzymes that are made, we change the response of the cell, and that change becomes a part of the genetic expression. generally with one exposure to pornography. It's the repetitive, volitional exposure to pornography um, that will cause this type of uh, gene expression to happen, such that you alter your pleasure circuits and you alter the inhibitory feedback, which would tell you not to do this. And that's epigenetic modification, changing your brain function. When we have kids, we not only give the sequence to our kids, we will pass along the instructions two and three generations down. And so if we become addicted to stuff, we can pass along to our kids gene constellations that make them more vulnerable to addictions. Conversely, if we get victories over stuff, we can actually pass on advantages. There's good animal evidence that that change in expression can be transmitted to the offspring. Those enzymes, those mechanisms, those genes that are turned off may also be turned off in the next generation. So we can pass along both positive things in our life and or negative depending on the choices we make in life. And so the Bible is actually more scientifically accurate than Charles Darwin because we do pass down to our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, the experiences that we go through in life based on the epigenetic modifications. They will get not only our genes, but the instructions on how those genes are expressed. Many adolescents will say things like, hey, it's my body, I can do what I want. Only if you're never going to have kids. If you're going to have kids, it's not only your body, it's your kids, your grandkids, and your great-grandkids' body, too. So be careful what you do with it. Don't think of it as a, as a battle you're just fighting for yourself. You're fighting for the very lineage that God gave you. And if you will break this curse, then your sons and your daughters have a better shot. And your grandchildren have a better shot. My son's name is Jubilee because his dad took the courage to break the curses off of him. 
I want to invite you to do the very same thing for those you love. How powerful is that? But there's, there's hope. At the age of 19, I get saved and, uh, and God delivered me from pornography. But, but don't be mistaken. It's, it's, it's not like, oh, I came to church. Someone prayed for me. It's done. No, I still had to, to win every battle after. And every time I said no, because I, I made a decision. You know, I'm not going to give myself to that. I want to give myself to all that God has for me. But every time I, I said no, I was winning a battle. And I was winning a battle. And you begin to create new habits for your life and new habits. And before you know it, you've conquered that thing. The same can happen to you. It's not just pornography. There are all kinds of addictions. There's a study for um, um, another scientific study. Um, in an exper experiment uh, on transgenerational epigenetic inheritance, researchers at Emory University trained mice to fear a fruity odor by pairing it with a mild electric shock to the foot. Ten days later, the mice were allowed to mate. Incredibly, their pups feared the odor even without having encountered the smell before. These mice, they, they gave them an electric shock every time they smelled this thing. Their, their offspring, without having the electric shock, they feared the same smell. It was passed on the same to the other ones. So the next generation, they actually found this with 1,700 women that were pregnant during 9-11 in New York. And their children were more prone to fear and all kinds of other things because of PTSD. We pass on these things. But in the same time, we can reverse it. The Bible says, Romans 12, to, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's a rewiring that can happen in our brains. And, 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 and it's, we have to, we, we begin to develop an appetite for freedom. How many of you know that you can be so caught up in the dysfunction that you actually crave the dysfunction? But you need to develop. That's why this is an environment like this at Awakened Church, Sunday, Wednesday, men's and women's prayer, all the things we do. You begin to develop an appetite and you rewire your brain and you begin to see things differently. That's what happened to me. I'm telling you, I, I, there was a time in my life where my family didn't even recognize me. And they would look down on me. I mean, who are, who do you think you are? Or, man, he just, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't visit us anymore. I had to create a separation from in the beginning. And it's not like I planned that God just, just took me out. He just, he just said, I'm, I'm going to bring you from out of the dysfunction. Come on, somebody. This happened to some of you. He brings you from out of the dysfunction so you can begin to develop an appetite for freedom. Come on, somebody. For the right way of thinking. And for kingdom living, kingdom culture. Some of us, you know, confused our, our upbringing. Oh, that's just my culture. Did you know that there's a, a kingdom culture? There's a kingdom culture that, that we're trying to impart to all of us that we can experience. Come on, deeper levels of freedom and prosperity and all that God has for us. Can I hear an amen? So let's go to uh, uh, Numbers 13, verses 27 to 33. It's one of my favorite passages of Scripture. My first point is freedom has a price. Freedom has a price. And here you have, I want you to understand the context of 400 years of slavery. Their brains were messed up and prone to bondage and oppression. In fact, when, when Moses had the encounter with God in the burning bush and he's like, oh, no, no, not me, not me. I don't blame him. Like 400 years of seeing the oppression. 
What's cool though is that he grew up in the house of Pharaoh, in the house of the ruler, not the ruled. He, he grew up in the house of a conqueror, not the conquered one. So he, he was like cut in the middle, but, but he was like, oh, not me, but, but I can do it, but not me, I can do it. But it was 400 years, and I want you to see this passage through that context. This is when, the, when, when Moses sent the 12 spies to look at the promised land. This is how they respond. Numbers 13, verses 27 through 33. Then they told them and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell on the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the seas and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the man who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Then we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. I don't blame the 10 spies that responded like that. I don't know what happened to Caleb. I don't know much of, of his history of how he came up with that. I believe just God just touched him. But I want you to picture this. God led them to this battle. Let me say it again. God led the children of Israel to this battle. It was God's purpose that, that God would take his people to face these giants. Let me say it again. It was God's purpose, intent, mission, design, a part of the plan that he would bring his people to face these giants. Could it be that whatever battle you're facing right now, whatever giants you're facing, it was God, it's all a part of the plan. Could it be that God is trying to rewire our brains, that you actually are a conqueror? Could it be that God is trying to retrain who you are on the inside of you, that it doesn't matter what your granddaddy did or your daddy did or your mama did or your grandmommy did? Come on, somebody. What matters is that God is trying to, come on, he's trying to make a warrior on the inside of you. Come on, somebody. And get you to see life through a different lens. It doesn't matter how giants I'm gonna, how many giants I'm gonna face. God is with me, and God is for me. It's actually God's purpose and mission and intent, design that I face this battle. He's gonna be with me. I'm gonna win. How many, how many times do we not come into a battle or we face a giant? We're like, oh my gosh, the enemy's attacking me. <gasps> Here we go, the enemy again. Somebody pray for me. The enemy's after my life. Listen, I've done that many times. But thanks to Awakened Church and our pastor. If, if there's a battle, if there's a giant, we're going to run against it. We're going to run towards it. We're going to face it. What if God was trying to deliver you from his spirit? Bondage, oppression, poverty. What if God was trying to deliver you from a religious spirit? 
and you come against the same wall and the same limitation, the same ceiling over and over and over and over again. And here you have friends that come and try to, you know, tell you, hey, watch out for this, watch out for that. I want to encourage you, open up your mind and your eyes to those that love you and care for you and your pastors, your leaders that see things ahead at times. God is leading us to this battle. Watch this. Watch what happens right after. Numbers, Numbers chapter 14, verses 6 through 10. So the same thing, same interaction. They're like, no, no, we can't do it. And Caleb is like, no, we can. And then Joshua shows up. How many of you heard of Joshua before? Joshua comes right after the book of Deuteronomy. Joshua was Moses' assistant. Watch this. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. They're all being so negative. Did you know the negativity can be passed on? Let me give you a few examples of things that can be passed on in habits. Ready? Habits and ideologies that can be passed down. Negativity. You ever met someone negative before? Everything, everything they see and, and, and everything they experience, they see, they look at it through the eyes of negativity. I always find something negative about it. Oh man, I got a new job. Well, we'll see how your boss, your boss is going to be mean. I know it. Oh my gosh, I found a new house. I'm going to believe for it. Uh, how, how are you going to afford it? You, you don't have any money. You, you ever had relatives like that before? You almost like rather not talk to them anymore? It's like, oh, I can't do it. Or friends. Yeah, be careful who you, your, your inner circle is and who you, who you share your dreams with. Your environment is so powerful, so powerful. I was talking to Pastor Jurgen, and uh, he said, what does it take for a plant to grow? I said, sun, light, a seed. He's like, yeah, a, the seed and soil. Yes. He's like, how about the environment? He said, you can grab the most powerful seed orange seed from Florida. How many of you know that oranges grow in Florida really well? You can grab the most powerful seed. How many of you know that we have the seed of the Word of God? The Bible calls the seed, Jesus called the Word of God the seed. We have the most powerful seed. And you can grab the most powerful seed from the state of Florida of orange seed and you bring it to South Dakota to the most fertile soil. And guess what? It's not going to grow. Explain that to me. I don't understand. You need the seed in the soil. The soil is the heart. He said you need the right environment. Right environment. The seed in the soil in the right environment produces much fruit. Do you know that I've been to greenhouses before? I've been to greenhouses before because of my clientele, some of the best in the industry. And, and they control the climate to the T, humidity, the weather, everything, because it produces much fruit. That's, so, that's why it's so good to be in a right environment. Who do you allow in your ear? Who do you allow in your eyes? What do you see and what do you hear? Do you have people always whispering negativity? Oh, you can't do that. You can't do this. Or always criticizing you. Can you believe Pastor Marco said this? Can you believe Pastor Marco's doing this today? Can you believe Pastor Mike is looking so fly today? Can you believe it? Can you believe Pastor Jurgen said this? Who do you allow? Is this too much? Is this all right? 
Listen, I love you. I, I just, I want you to experience freedom. I see God taking you to new levels, to new heights, new opportunities, new doors being opened, but we must get things this right. We need to experience new, higher levels of freedom. Things that can be passed on to us, negativity. Alcoholism, addiction to pornography, drug addictions, perspectives like, I don't, I don't trust anybody. You ever heard someone say it before? Oh, I don't trust anybody. I don't trust no one. In fact, they try to give you advice. Don't trust anybody. Whatever you do, just don't trust anybody. It's happened to me, man. I trusted so-and-so. He burned me as well. I don't trust anybody. You ever heard that before? Can I tell you something? You can't scale your life if you don't trust anybody. You can be burned before. People can betray you, but I want to encourage you, continue to trust and trust again and trust again, specifically your Heavenly Father. Trust God. And it's okay to trust people. If they betray you, guess what? God is bigger than that. He'll restore you. He'll heal your heart, and you can trust again. Things like, all men are evil for, for women. You ever heard ladies say that? Man, all men are evil. That's why I'm just, man. Heard that before? I've seen it in movies. I'll never buy a house. San Diego's too hard. I'm going to move. Don't come under that agreement. Whenever somebody says that to you, just say, you know what? Yeah, cancel. I give you permission to say it out loud. Cancel. Excuse me. Cancel. You want me to say it again? Cancel, 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 cancel. I'll never buy a house. I don't have any money growing up. My sweet mom, she's like, I don't have any money. Mom, can we buy this? I don't have any money. I don't have any money. Let me translate. I don't have any money. Or I will never fill in the blank. That can be passed on to us. But it's our job to rewire our brains. I want to encourage you to read the one-year Bible, okay? I'm behind, but you know what? I'm still in it. Okay, if you're behind, start today, start tomorrow. It's okay. You know, some of us start January, then it's March. Oh, I'm still in the first week of January. I'm just going to wait till next year. <laughs> You're laughing because that's you. It's been me before many times. But you know what? I'm three months behind. But guess what? I'm still reading. Sometimes I miss a day, but I read the next day. I got to renew my mind. I'm telling you, God has so much for us. Oh, come on, somebody. God has so much for you and for me and for this church and for this region, for your family, for your children. Come on, somebody. There's new mountains to climb. There's new giants to face. Our best days are in front of us, not behind us. But we need the Word of God. We need to take on the attitude of Joshua and Caleb. We are willing. It doesn't matter what battle you're facing. You want to hear something cool? We always overcome. Always. We always win. The Bible says that in Christ we're more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Numbers 14, verses 6 through 10. But Joshua, the son of Nun, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. 
If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Think about that. Isn't that the same thing today? You come and declare the promises of God and you call the LGBTQ and all the crazy things that are happening in our culture and they just want to stone you. Oh, you're full of hate. You know what? We hate evil and that's true. It doesn't mean that people are evil. We hate the agenda, the ideology. We love all people. Love the people. Gosh, I want them to come and experience the power of God and the freedom and the, and the, the freedom from bondage and, and the torment that they go through. I want them to experience the, the God of, this, of heaven. Oh, but they said stone them. Can, can I just unlock you this morning? I feel so strongly. There's some of us here this morning. You've risen up and been bold. And you experienced a lot of opposition and you came under the opposition. You came under and you got scared. I've been there before. You got scared. You came under. Can I just release you to stay bold? Stay bold. If people don't like you, who cares? If people reject you, who cares? They rejected Jesus. Are they not going to reject you as well? You stand strong in your faith and your convictions and say what you believe with prudence and discretion, but still just stand strong on the Word of God. Some of us are scared of saying what we believe in in our families and our friends. Oh, they're going to... Listen, I'm not telling you to go and be an idiot and just like, you know, pipe out and, you know, just try to start fights here and there. I'm not saying to do that. But when the time comes and you feel the anointing of God to be bold, be bold. Amen? So I just want you to see something. This is what's crazy what's happened. So it says, stone them. Now the glory of the Lord, it's verse 10. All the congregation said to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. After the declaration of faith, the glory of the Lord appeared. Now it's very powerful. Moses, I believe, God dealt with him. Okay, God God. There's a reason why he, they, the children of Israel had to go through 10 plagues, not just one. I'm going to send a plague, and you're going to experience opposition and adversity, but I'm going to show up. Did it one time, two times, three times, four times, five times, ten times. God was trying to said, rewire Moses' brain. I know you've experienced oppression for 400 years, but I want to retrain your brain to know that when you experience opposition, I'm going to show up. And when you experience adversity, I'm still going to show up. And I'm going to deliver you so the, the children of Israel come out and then they go to the Red Sea and Moses is like, I'm done, God. Let me show you again. And he parsed the Red Sea. So I believe God had already dealt with Moses. I believe Moses was really now believing they were going to the promised land. But Joshua, however, what did Joshua do? How was he able to respond with such boldness and courage? Listen to this. There's many times accounts where Joshua was found. Moses would bring Joshua to the mountain of the Lord and he would spend time with God and he would stay there. Or he would bring him to the tabernacle and Joshua would stay in the tabernacle in the right environment. 
Joshua, in despite of the 400 years of, of, of bad habits and bondage and slavery, was able to rewire his brain to believe, my God can overcome. My God can overcome. I can retrain my brain. It doesn't matter. It's not too late. It doesn't matter if you believe for something for decades. It's not too late. God can still do it. God can still show up. God can still come along. God can still say, hey, I've seen your belief for so long. Guess what? Here comes the promise. Is this all right? Your environment is so powerful. You know, I, I grew up in, in a very small-minded mentality. Um, but my mom, my mom did something brilliant. She just wanted to expose me to a different kind of life. And she sent me to the, the private school, the best private school in TJ, in Tijuana. And she worked so hard so I could be exposed. So I began to see, I grew up in, a, in two environments. My dad would take me to his, his uh, fruteria, his little shop he had in the poorest of, I'm telling you, the poorest area in TJ. And I would hang out with the kids over there. And then I would go to school with the, the richest, the wealthiest of TJ. So I was, but I was exposed and I, 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 could, I saw what life could be like someday. And then my mom sends me to these self-help courses from the age of 9, 10, 11, 12 years old. I thought they were so boring, but guess what? They trained me to think to always expect the best and always believe for the best. Very Bible-like. This is where they get all this good stuff. So it began to train my brain to believe that, man, I can, I can be like that someday. I could be something someday. I could do something someday. Always expect the best. Do not have fear of failure. But you know what? If you fail, you get up and you go again. And you try again. And you try again. And you don't give up. And you don't quit. And if you suck, you get up and you go again. But I'm telling you, it's the, it's the environment is the environment that there's nothing more powerful than the house of God for an environment of freedom. And if you come to the house of God and you get offended for whatever reason, can I just tell you, choose to forgive. Choose to forgive. A lot of people get offended and say, oh, I'm going to leave. Man, man, man. But you know who loses? I've been in ministry for 19 years now. The church doesn't lose. I mean, we, we lose a lot. Like, we love the people. But really, the one that loses the most is the person that leaves. If you're here this morning and you're going through an offense, I want to encourage you to forgive. Encourage you to love. Encourage you to choose the high road. Believe God. Stay planted. Amen. We're still on point one, but we're going to skip the other ones. My, point number two is be resilient. Okay, be resilient. You can stay for the next service, you want more. Point three is be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Can I just give you the definition of courage real quick? A quality of mind or temperament that enables one to stand fast, fast in the face of opposition, hardship, or danger. You wanna know synonyms for, for here, look at synonyms for, for courage. Balls, cojones. And if you get offended over that, I want to cast that religious spirit out in the name of Jesus. You hear it all, it's okay to say it outside of those doors, but you can't say, hey, come on, have some balls. You know, the greatest, the greatest, the greatest advice someone ever gave me, listen to this, emerged men and cherished women. I was going through, 
I didn't have any courage. I, I, I think this is the Lord. You guys, my name means warlike, warrior. I've always been a fighter until I was about 20 years old. I began to surround myself in the wrong environment and I lost my fight. I lost my fight. I just gave myself to political correctness and I gave myself to just trying to please everyone, make sure everyone was happy with me. Everybody liked me, smile at everyone. I still smile at everyone, but I don't care if you like me or not. There's a difference. And try to be loved by everyone. Can I tell you that's impossible to accomplish that? Until I came to this church, through a series of things of, of stepping out in courage and launching a business, and then what really did it for me was running for office. Running for office was two years of pain and hell, but it delivered me from so many things and brought back courage to my life. It restored the fight on the inside of me. And I believe prophetically, God is wanting to restore the fight on the inside of you. The greatest advice someone gave me when I was really going through it and I was not having any courage, a pastor friend told me, Marco, you gotta grow some balls and take care of your family. Something hit me, I'm like, that changed the course of my life. That's why we we're at Awakened Church this morning. That's why we've been at Awakened Church for six years now. Someone said, grow some balls. So if that offends you, hey, God bless you, it's 4th of July, come on. Watch this, how you can be courageous. Courage faces the unknown. Courage does what other people aren't willing to do. Courage is willing to sacrifice comfort for the greater good. Courage doesn't afraid but prepares to win. Courage endures opposition. Courage goes all in in the assignment. Courage is contagious. Courage develops a high threshold for pain and discomfort. I want to show you a clip real quick and we'll end like this, okay? And then we're going to sing and then we're going to go. Can we roll that clip? so they could own more lands that I have to work for them. Not me. All right, lads. I'm not dying for these bastards. Let's go home.
William Wallace. Gotta be. No tall enough. fashionable fight. It's drawn the finest people. Where is thy salute? For presenting yourselves on this battlefield. I give you thanks. This is our army. To join it, you give homage. I give homage to Scotland. And if this is your army, why does it go? We didn't come here to fight for them. <laughs> oh, the English are too many. to seven feet tall. Yes, I've heard. Kills men by the hundred. And if he were here, he'd consume the English with fireballs from his eyes and bolts of lightning from his arse. <laughs> I am William Wallace. And I see a whole army of my countrymen here in defiance of tyranny. You've come to fight as free men. And free men you are. What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? least a while. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! Powerful clip. I want us all to stand and I want us to understand prophetically you are the William Wallace of your life. You're the William Wallace of your family, of your business. And if you're here today and you are hungry, in fact, the Holy Spirit revealed to you that you need to step into new levels of freedom. We're going to have the ministry team up and I want you to come and pray, receive prayer. But if you're also here today and you want your fight back, you want your fight restored, something happened that it just sucked the fight out of you. But I believe the Holy Spirit is coming to, I've never been more convinced that God wants to fight back on the inside of us. And if that's you, I want you to come to the front. So if that's you, can we have our ministry team come up ready to pray? If that's you, you need prayer. 
to break off generational curses. You want to go into new levels of freedom or you want your fight restored. I just want you to come to the front and receive prayer. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.